0: All right. Welcome to Trailblazing Text. And today we have Sam Morrow, singer-songwriter, on with us today. So how are you doing?
1: I'm good. I'm good. How are you?
0: Doing all right. We were just talking how I wrapped up a meeting. Uh, you've been spending the day playing the guitar and kind of hanging out. And so I guess right now during quarantine, is that kind of what you're doing? Just playing music and writing and stuff like that?
1: Yeah, yeah. Just, uh, you know, trying to stay active, trying to like stick to some sort of semblance of a schedule, you know, uh, trying to make myself feel as normal as possible. Um, Sure,
0: sure. So how long have you lived in LA? Uh,
1: I've been here about, it'll be nine years, like next month.
0: Wow. I didn't realize that. And so so what made you kind of just take the leap and move? Because you're originally from Texas. Uh, We both grew Mm -hmm. up in the Houston area. What made you take that leap of faith to just go out to... To LA.
1: Well, um, I had a so I I lived in Austin for a bit, and then I went back to Houston and then I uh I moved to New York City. That's where my girlfriend at the time lived. And uh it kind of chewed me up and spit me out in New York City. It wasn't <laughs> it, it wasn't exactly for me. And I, I was kinda going through stuff in my life too and and then I, I moved out here. I just I don't know, I just like kinda needed a change, you know, and uh I don't know. It just seemed like the the natural thing, and I actually went to a drug and alcohol treatment out here in Palm Springs and mm-hmm. uh, um about nine years ago, and I just sort of stayed. Palm Springs is about two and a half hours from yeah from LA, but mm-hmm. I moved to LA and I went to like a um, halfway house sober living kind of thing, and mm-hmm. and I just stayed. You know, I kind yeah. of started meeting people, and I mean LA is a great place to live. There's a lot of creativity and, mm-hmm. and and uh there's a lot of art out here a lot of music and mm-hmm. um you know but at the same time that that could also be a uh that could also be a disadvantage of living out here it's like a little saturated and mm-hmm. um you know you have to kind of sift through the the phonies and um all of that stuff but you know that's kinda that's just part of the that's just life you know it's yeah not, yeah for
0: sure it's and not really unique to l a Sure. Absolutely. And so speaking of art and music, um, so how long, how long have you been into music? I mean, we've known each other since middle school, sixth grade or so. And I remember you being in band. I remember you like being part of your church. Um, but yeah, yeah, how long have you been kind of pursuing music and how much of that has been in your life?
1: So, yeah, I, I, I guess like fifth grade is when I joined band and, you know, I, I kind of, how old are you in fifth grade? Like 10? 12 or is 10? it 10? No, it, I mean, I don't know. I My was niece young. Is 10, so. I was
0: young. So I think 10, 11.
1: I think it's like 11 or 11, maybe. Uh, who knows? But <laughs> anyways, yeah, when I joined band, I sort of figured out I liked music a lot. Mm-hmm. No, I, I knew, but I, I figured I figured out I liked playing it. I started playing saxophone
2: mm-hmm. or
1: clarinet and saxophone. <laughs> I made you play clarinet first. Um and uh yeah, I just uh shortly after that I you know got involved with like playing music at church and mm-hmm. um I started playing guitar and uh and then I just sort of discovered that I could actually sing a little bit. Yeah. And uh and so I just started sort of fostering that and and started writing some songs and um you know, then it just sort of evolved from there. You know, I started playing all different kinds of music, and um, you know, just kind of the natural progression, I guess. Well, I continue to play at church, but you know, playing in ba- bands with friends, like mm-hmm. hardcore, like emo sort of bands, and uh, you know, just like experimenting, basically. You know, yeah. yeah. So
0: when did you realize that you can sing? Because I realized at a very young age, I cannot sing. So like, yeah. kind of, how did that, had that work out for you? Like, when did you re like, what was the moment where you're like, Oh, okay. I know how to sing.
1: Yeah. I was in choir actually in like elementary school and I sucked at it. Yeah. Um, like I would always get like, I don't know. I just was not, i I'm not good. I was not good at choir. I don't, yeah. I don't really know why, like just the way I sing and, um, but, yeah, when I started, like, singing when, in church, we were doing these, like, you know, like worship songs and stuff. And and I was like, oh, I want to learn how to sing that. And then people just started telling me, like, oh, you got a pretty good voice, you know.
2: Yeah.
1: And, yeah. and I just rolled with it, you know. Sure. Um, so I don't know. I don't know the exact moment. Yeah. I was maybe, like, 10 or 11, you know, yeah. when I sort of started figuring it out
0: so you kind of started figuring it out in church and then I would assume there's other influences. Like you had, you had, uh, other artists or groups that you liked and you listened to. So, you know, who have been some of your biggest musical influences, both, you know, past and current.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so my dad would listen to like a lot of ZZ top and, mm-hmm. um, they liked like Jimmy Buffett and, you know uh, country music George Strait and Garth Brooks and um and like for instance Jimmy Buffett like I don't (laughs) really like his his noose is like like the stuff my parents like but the other Mm -hmm. day I was I was like listening to some of the stuff like when he first started like in the 70s and Mm -hmm. it's it's awesome
2: you know
1: yeah yeah it's like really really good um but then you know he sort of commercialized himself sure. and and did he started making a whole bunch of money. So I can't <laughs> really blame him for that. But um, but yeah, I mean nowadays, you know, I, I listen to really kind of everything from mm. you know electronic music to a little bit of rap and but a lot of like uh, funk and uh, rock and roll and singer songwriter folk country. Yeah. Um, you know, Little Feet's one of my favorite bands And, uh, you know, Waylon, Jen- Waylon Jennings, Willie Nelson, Steve Earle yeah. um, You know, I could keep going you know, I Yeah,
0: know. I... I think the reason why, when you kind of started dabbling in music, I think one of the reasons that I like your music so much is I grew up listening to Steve Earle, so kind of that country rock-ish kind of of blend, and then the true singer-songwriter with lyrics and stories and and stuff like that. And, you know, in kind of the commercialized world of music, granted, I I don't live in this world at all, but you kind of lose that essence of music right now. And so when you get people like yourself or you know, there's so many people that are still doing it, but they're just not as, as big. And so, you know, I've, I've been to a couple of your shows. I've really enjoyed them. And I've also enjoyed kind of the evolution of you over the last decade, roughly. Um, I think mm-hmm. your music is very honest to who you are in your story, which yeah. is, you know, the whole point of being a singer, singer songwriter, right. He's kind of painting those stories. And so,
2: sure.
0: so yeah, so I, I personally am a fan I love what you're doing. Uh, I also love following you on social media, like when you're playing the guitar, because I have no music capabilities. So I kind of just live vicariously through that capability. Um, But let's circle back to kind of your band. So you mentioned that you had kind of experimented with music and and different bands, like an emo band when you were younger. Now you're kind of in this uh, country rock and roll kind of band. But like, when did you decide that you were going to pursue a band uh, and be a group?
1: Um, yeah, I don't my band sort of switches out, you know, mm-hmm. um so I don't know i think for for when I first started writing songs, it was just like kind of for me, you know mm-hmm. like i so I got serious about writing songs like maybe like ten years ago or mm-hmm. maybe nine years ago, um, kind of correlated with solo ring up um, and I like had this desire to you know like. I, for so long, I had like lied to myself and lied to other people. And, um, I was just sort of living a, just unhealthy, uh, you know, dishonest life. And,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, and when I sort up, it was like really important for me to be honest and, um, be honest with myself and like, be honest with my feelings. Sure. And, uh, and music was like that outlet for me. Um, mm-hmm. and it was that, it was that tool for me. Um, and I started gravitating towards like folk music because it's sort of, in my opinion, like the most like raw and, um, honest, you know, lyrically and and composition wise music that there is, you know, um, it's not, not to discredit anything else, but, um, so yeah, I started like writing with just me and my guitar and then after I made like my first record and like had some experience with a band in the studio, I was like, Oh man, I really want to like evolve this, you Mm -hmm. know? Um, So I started meeting like more and more musicians and playing with more and more musicians. And, and now I like, I hardly ever play solo, you know? Um, And I have like a, a, a group of musicians that I play with because, you know, like, most of the guys I play with are like what we call hired guns so they're um, like you know guys that they go on the road with a bunch of different artists so mm-hmm. if, if someone's busy then I have someone else that can kind of fill their shoes but I do have like guys that I are my first call you know
2: mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. Um, and guys that sort of maybe prioritize me over others or whatever you know sure um, so yeah and now I, I love it now and it kind of has informed also the, the type of music I'm writing and the, and the records I'm making, you mm-hmm. know, cause the band live sort of takes, takes the songs and takes them to a different place. And then mm-hmm. that, um, that sort of informs what we record and or, or where or I, I have the band in mind when I'm writing, you mm-hmm. know? Um, nice. so it's, uh, yeah, I, I, I honestly, um, probably it, it, this quarantine has been weird cause like I haven't been able to play with anybody, you know?
2: Yeah, um, that's true.
1: I, you know, and I've, I've done like some online, like live shows and stuff playing by myself and, you know, they're kind of whatever, you know? Um, you know, make, make a little money and like get to interact a little bit, but, um, it's just like not the same, obviously, sure. you know? Um, so, but playing by myself has been a good exercise because I haven't had to do it much in the past like four years.
0: Yeah. So, you know, going back to kind of when you first sat down, kind of made a record, when you sit down to create a record, well, let me ask you this can record and album be used interchangeably? Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Just need to make sure. So, yeah. when you sit down to write a record or an album, you know, do you have a process in place or is it kind of like, you're one of those people that's kind of sporadic where you have an idea, you sit down, you execute it and then another idea may come later. Or do you kind of just try to see the whole album through in one long exercise?
1: Um, So like, I sort of am of the belief that like creativity can just sort of hit you wherever you are, like in the shower, you know, driving in the car Mm. or, or whatever, you know? So for me, if I like feel that urge or get that idea or whatever, I have to like write it down immediately or mm-hmm. like record it on a voice memo or something like that, or else I'll forget it. Yeah. Um, and so I do a lot of that. Like I do a lot of just recording, like little ideas on, um, you know, a voice memo I use all the time on, on my iPhone. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, And then, like, I'll sit down with those ideas and, like, start to flush them out. And Mm -hmm. then, and, like, making a record when I know I have to, you know, I know I want, like, ten songs to be finished to record, you know, then I'll, I work well, like, on a deadline, you know? I kind of, like, um, otherwise I'll just procrastinate, you know? So if I know I need to, like, have, I'm very task-based, so if I know I need to have this done by this time... Then I can sit down and go through those ideas Mm -hmm. and flesh them out, you know, start to plan the production, start to plan the instrumentation. And, uh, and sometimes too, I'll co write with people, you know. Um, I wasn't really comfortable doing that until the last like few years, but,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. um, but yeah, it's, I, th- I think I kind of answered your question. Yeah, know, no, no, no. It's, uh, I mean, it's such a, it it's,
0: it's a world that I don't know. So I'm always kind of intrigued, yeah. like how people do it. Because I can't imagine people just like sit down and like go somewhere for a week and record a whole album. I have no idea. I, I feel mean, like that'd be very people, hard.
1: Some people do that. Like, yeah. you know, everyone has their own process. And I have friends <laughs> too that like, you know, they work, they're songwriters. You know, that's, that's what they do. Um, or they like work for a publishing company or something like that and they literally go in five days a week eight to five and they write songs with other people
2: you
1: know that was a job you know
2: yeah
1: um and you know some people work like that i don't i don't you know i'm not disciplined enough to do that um like i i wasn't I wasn't good at school, you know, probably for the same reason, you know.
0: I wasn't either, so Um, don't feel bad.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I I couldn't. uh, I was very bad at school. You did. You went to college, though, so you actually, um, you were a little better than I was.
0: I barely, I think I I barely got by. Um, I graduated (laughs) and I crossed that stage in high school. And uh, that was That was a big feat, but, um, I think everyone kind of comes into their own at different times. Like college for me, I think I kind of figured things out, not even academically, just in general, like the world seemed to kind of click for me. And, um, so yeah, so I think everyone kind of comes into their own at different times. And, you know, you found music when you were like seriously at like what, 20, 21.
1: Yeah, about 20, probably, you know, that's when I started started getting serious about like writing songs and like being a musician you mm-hmm. know um before i always say like i used being a musician as like a reason to not have a real job or not have like a a uh, conventional um uh motivation you know mm-hmm. or, or aspiration you know um And then when I, yeah, when I was 20 and I got sober, it it sort of, uh, occurred to me that it was like the thing that I needed to do and, Mm -hmm. um, the thing that I was best at. And I just needed to sort of foster that.
0: Yeah, for sure. And you've been, you've been sober nine years, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It'll be, it'll be nine years next month. Yeah. Awesome.
0: That's awesome. Like that's definitely something you should be proud of and, you know, (sighs) people have their obstacles and and whatnot. And, you know, now you're down, you know, a great path, doing great things, making great music. And so with that, it's kind of brought you down a cool path. And one thing musicians do is they go on tour. And so I've seen you on tour, like down in Texas a few times in Houston, but you know, what's one of your favorite things about touring and playing live?
1: Um, yeah. I mean, just one thing is just getting to like, see a bunch of different things, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, get to, you know, I've been to cities that like, otherwise I would never have gone to. Like, like I think, I think Des Moines, Iowa is a pretty cool city. I would have never gone to Des Moines. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, uh, Providence, Rhode Island, I probably would have never gone there, but I think that's like one of the coolest cities in the country too. It
0: is. It's a great city.
1: Yeah. I love Providence. Um, and like, I have friends there now. That's another cool thing. It's like, I have friends everywhere, you know, because of, because of music and because of touring and, um, you know, I get to go, like, I spent like two and a half months last year and, uh, about two months last year in, in Europe um like a, a while in the UK and then like Norway and Sweden and nice um like I probably wouldn't have done that either um so that's definitely one of the things that I I like most it's just meeting people and um because if it was like totally I'm sort of an introvert so if I didn't have to like go out and do that. You know, if I had a, if I had like an eight to five or nine to five, whatever uh, job, um, I probably would just do that and come home you know? yeah. and I wouldn't, I wouldn't get to meet all these people. Cause I don't have the motivation to do that. You know?
0: And how do you guys like chart out or decide where you're going to go on tour? Like, do you have any idea of like where most of your music is listened to, or do you guys just go wherever you kind of feel like going or how does that work?
1: yeah um so yeah it's it has to do with like a few things um some of it's random um some of it is like oh okay we're we got this like anchor date is what we refer to it as like maybe it's like a big festival or something Mm -hmm. and then like okay we got that let's just sort of plan around it you know or or like oh radio is spending you a lot like in these markets you know why don't we go there um Or I had one more thing, but it's, it's, uh, it's leaving me now. Um, those are sort of the main or, or like Spotify or whatever,
2: like
1: you're able to see like, Oh, you're getting streamed a lot in Dallas or, Mm -hmm. um, most of the time though, it is like, okay, you got this festival, you got this anchor date or whatever, and we're just going to sort of plan around it. And, um, you know, and like my, my agent will know, like, um, no venues that I don't know of, or like, you know, um, we'll go on tour with a band as support, you know, like, um, you know, opening up for them.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: so yeah, a bunch of different, bunch of different things.
0: You know. Let me ask you this. If you could play anywhere, any venue, no matter how big or small, and you can give me multiple if you want. Is there anywhere that you think of?
1: Um, I would really love to play the Ryman one day in Nashville. Um, it's like, it's where they do the Grand Ole Opry now. Yeah. And it's kind of just like, it's such a cool venue. Mm-hmm. Um, and not only is there like history there, but it just sounds great. And like the way they have it set up is amazing. Um, uh, nice. you know, one day I would also like to play the Woodlands Pavilion.
2: That'd be uh, sweet.
1: Just cause like, you know, I, I've seen so many shows there and, um, you know, uh, my my family's there and yeah. you know it would it would be I don't think I will ever be headlining the Willens Pavilion, but I like maybe I could open up for somebody there one day. Um yeah, those two would be really cool. Um Billy Bob's in Fort Worth is another place I've never played that I would like to play. Yep. Red, Red Rocks would be fucking awesome. Can I cuss on this? That's
0: fine. That's fine. Okay, yeah.
1: Sorry. I won't
0: uh it Yeah, no, Red Rocks, I was supposed to go to quite a few shows kind of starting in April and they've all been canceled. So I'm pretty bummed, but, um, but yeah, I mean, that'd be pretty sweet. Let me ask you this though, because like, I'm not a musician and I've seen a million shows at uh, the Woodlands Pavilion, but like, how is it like acoustically, like as a musician, like how does it sound to you? Does it sound good?
1: It sounds pretty good. Yeah, Yeah. I think so. I think they do a pretty good job there. Um, yeah. I don't know. Any of those places that are like there's a lot of money behind that place, you know. Yeah. And they have some huge acts and like you actually hear like my dad used to be on the on the board there for mm-hmm. a few years and he just kept saying like every musician loves playing here, you know. Really? Like that's why like Dave Matthews he plays there every year. Every year. Um you know, it's it's one of his favorite places to play in the world, you know. I've um, seen how it's set up, how it sounds, Um nice. and, and him. He likes playing like those outdoor. Yeah, amphibians. that's kind of his thing. you know?
0: yeah. I've seen such cra- for being like a venue, like in the middle of the suburbs. I've seen like crazy shows, whether like you would consider them good acts or not. But like I've seen, I remember seeing In Sync there and like the Spice Girls. Yeah. Like think about that's how famous,
2: right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> like how famous they were. I've seen like god smack there i've seen little wayne yeah. there like you know it was in, it's incredible the people that come through there and yeah i don't know i consider myself pretty lucky that we had that venue pretty close um yeah
1: definitely yeah my it's funny my parents were like i said my dad was on the board there so they like they went to like every show almost yeah. for a while like shows that they, they would just go because they had tickets so they would just go like not knowing yeah. who it was and like they always talk about how much they loved Pitbull. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're like, "Oh, Pitbull is so good!" You know, Pitbull so is so good. He's our favorite. I
0: know um, a few people that saw him like at the rodeo a couple years ago. Whenever he was there, and it was kind of the same yeah. thing. Like people were just like, oh, "I'm just gonna go" because I got tickets. Like, sure. And people like came back being like, "It was a, <laughs> it was a really good show." Yeah, I haven't I seen him. Are. So yeah. yeah,
1: me neither. I can't. I can't say it. I can't say that I. Have the list. I probably couldn't name you a Pitbull song, but um, <laughs> you know, beats your own, I guess.
0: One of actually, now that we're talking about the pavilion, I just thought about this. I remember seeing, I was super young, I remember seeing Destiny's Child open up for Christina Aguilera. Oh, like, wow. like, talk <laughs> about some weird times. But anyway, yeah, so cool. kind of taking me down memory lane there. I was talking to someone yeah. today about random concerts at the pavilion, so I guess it's just. to talk about the pavilion but (laughs) all right so i don't want to take too much of your time but i do want to ask you a couple more questions you know sure you kind of talked about um what you're doing during this time but are you like i know you're writing but are you proactively writing for a record or are you just kind of creating those ideas right now
1: yeah i'm just sort of jotting down ideas and Mm -hmm. and stuff like that i i actually finished a record last like late last year Mm -hmm. um and it was sort of supposed to be coming out like this summer and I was supposed to be touring and stuff like yep. that. And obviously, uh, everything's canceled right now. So, <laughs> um, you know, we, uh, we, I, I hope to be releasing some new music like early July, And nice, but we're just kind of trying to figure out, um, like unique ways to release it. And since yeah. it's obviously a unique time with because the way artists make money nowadays is touring. You know, yeah. you don't you don't make money off your records anymore unless you're, you know, whoever someone. Giant, the Jonas you Brothers, know? yeah, the Jonas Brothers, which they probably don't really make that much either, but they That's actually crazy. do make money on Spotify, like yeah, because um, they get like millions of streams. Um, right. But Spotify pays you like fractions of a cent first per, per stream. You know, right. so for yeah. like. A musician like me or even like a few tiers above me like that's how you make money is on the road you know um so when you take that out of the equation like releasing a record is to me it's basically like to get more people to come to your live shows yeah um so we have to just kind of figure out how to optimize releasing music right now and and how we can make it still work for us in a way
0: Yeah Um, and so We're gonna go on tour So where were you gonna go Before everything got canceled Did you know yet?
1: um, Just probably all over the US I mean It was sort of like Preliminarily We were were preliminarily Talking about it Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah Once like March hit um, You know We stopped talking about it (laughs) I I was (laughs) lucky though Like you know I had friends that You know were releasing a record like in March and then, yeah. and then they had like, I had a friend that had a nine month tour planned. Ooh. um, And, and he was releasing a record in March, nine months on the road and it's all canceled. You know, tough. Um, yeah, it's, it's, so I was lucky in that regard that I didn't necessarily like lose a bunch of money, you know? Yeah. 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 Um, but, yeah it still thanks, yeah
0: you know, yeah, I guess those are things I would have never thought of, you know, like I didn't necessarily think that musicians or artists made money on tour, necessarily, yeah. like I thought it was more fifty fifty, so this could be detrimental to the artists yeah, depending.
1: it's gonna be interesting to see just like I mean no one knows, like I mean, people forget that. You know, all these people are complaining that they want to go back to work, go back to work, go back to work, but like artists and and uh, you know, just even people that just work in the live music industry, um, people that work at venues, people like guitar techs or whatever, mm-hmm. like they're not going back to work for a long time. Yeah. Like, people people are telling me right now like you're not gonna to be touring till at least next year, you know. Yeah. Uh, and and also, like, what is touring going to look like when it does go, go back. come back? You know, like, are people even going to want to go to shows? Are people, you know, going to want to go somewhere where, it you know, they have to stand six feet apart or whatever? You know, are our venues going to feel like it's worth it to open up at 25% of capacity? You know, yeah. um, they might lose, actually lose money doing stuff like that so yeah. I don't know it's like a really it's gonna be interesting to see how everyone adapts after this yeah um, and it's gonna yeah, be interesting ha- to see how it normalizes you know
0: for sure yeah I have like I said I have I've, all of my concerts like through July and it's not like I have like a billion but like I had a couple are canceled I have one in August that just got canceled today And I have one more in August that hasn't gotten canceled. So I don't know what's going to happen to that one. But outside of that, yeah, I think everything is just like, like the one that got canceled today was like, who is it? It was Breaking Benjamin, Theory of a Dead Man. Like those guys, they just canceled Mm -hmm. their tour. Like a lot of them are pushing it and they just canceled it outright. So it's not looking good, I guess is my point. Yeah,
1: I had a, I was supposed to see Sturgill Simpson and Tyler Childers. Um, Yeah, yeah. In LA, like it was like May eighth or something like that. Yeah. They had a whole tour, um, and they just canceled the whole thing. You know, oh. so they didn't even reschedule it in October or whatever. By the way, I'm supposed to be getting a refund for that, and <laughs> I, haven't I haven't gotten,
0: gotten my refunds yet either. So yeah, don't
1: they me told me thirty days. So yeah, I, I forgot about that. I need to keep checking.
0: <laughs> yeah, get your refunds, everyone. Yeah, yeah, or or mine have been rescheduled, which is fine. But now I'm kind of like. You know you have no idea when something's getting rescheduled for november like what do i have going on when work gets back to normal and stuff like that so who knows but you know for the sake of you guys and and even just you specifically hope it gets back to normal sooner than later but it will be interesting to see how it pans out but i know right now you're trying to get creative ways of Getting your music out there, um, getting some more exposure, fans, stuff like that. So where can people follow you, listen to you, all
1: of that? Um, yeah, so com sort of has all of the all the links and stuff, Instagram and, and Facebook and um, Spotify or anywhere that you listen to music, it's on there, Amazon, Pandora, whatever nice. it is, Apple. Um, and yeah, if you like vinyl records, I have some on my site and if you still listen to CDs, not too many people do under the age of 60. Um, <laughs> I don't even have, I just got a new car and, uh, it doesn't even have a CD player. In it. Yeah.
0: Mine doesn't either.
1: Yeah. I think it's been like the last couple of years. They just said, no, we're not going to do that <laughs> anymore. Um, but yeah, I mean, honestly, they'll probably make a comeback in like 20 years, you know. People Everything like, does, Let's see these CDs, man. I mean, like, vinyl, dude, you know, I, I, I love listening to vinyl, and, um, and even like some people listen to cassettes now, you know. Like well, so I was popular. about to. S-
0: I was about to say, so something gimmicky. I'm a big Jonas Brothers fan. People can judge me for what it's worth, but for their last album, they came out with like vinyls, CDs, and cassettes. And cassettes I was like,
2: yeah. I
0: was like, who who the hell is going to buy cassettes? And I guess tons of people. Like, I don't have a cassette player anywhere. Like, I would have to yeah, go I buy. An, I'd have to go yeah. buy one. And uh, yeah,
1: it's it's kind of my friend owns a record store, and you know he's he sells like vintage cassette players. You know. All these vintage like hi fi gear,
2: yeah,
1: it's it's cool. Like an old, cool like cassette boombox, it looks awesome and it it sounds. It sounds really, you know, you don't notice because like we listen to obviously listen. I listen to most of my music on the computer on Mm -hmm. Spotify, um, but then you go back and you listen to like a vinyl record or you listen to a cassette, and it just sounds so much better.
0: Vinyl for sure. I haven't listened to a cassette sense it's
1: that too like in vinyl like i you know obviously i I think it's it has like a present and is like warmer than um you know like spotify or streaming or whatever Mm -hmm. um and also you can just it's kind of nice like hold something yeah (laughs) um and even like you can sometimes the needle skips and you know, you can hear, like, a little bit of, like, uh, like natural static on our record. Yeah. Um, it's just, like, more hu- more human.
0: Raw. You know? I was going to say raw, yeah. but, yeah, yeah, yeah raw. it's exactly what it is. Yeah. Um, yeah, we grew up – my dad had a pretty sweet, like, um, setup when we were kids. And so, yeah, a lot of vinyls. And then he always had in his car, like, this big bo- – like, we used to have CD boxes, but his was, like, a cassette box. And so uh-huh. – Yeah. So I think back on those, like when I think of cassettes, mostly cassettes, a little bit CDs, like nostalgia and just different times. It doesn't like, I don't know enough about music to be like, it sounds better or it sounds different. Um, But I I think of good times. My first cassette was actually Backstreet Boys. So Uh,
1: yeah, (laughs) Yeah, I encourage people to like, you know, get a record player and um, you know, if you, if you really like music and like me personally, I'll listen to something on Spotify, or I'll listen to uh, somebody's release on Spotify, and if I like it, I buy the record to support. Oh, them, nice. You know? um, it's just a good way to like, just sort of support artists and you know stay connected, good, you know. and um, you know, or just go buy a shirt or whatever. You yeah, know? yeah. Because Spotify well, doesn't pay you anything. You know?
0: That's a good point. So we can buy vinyls, we can buy shirts, you know, other ways to support you guys during this time. Last question. If you had one album you had to listen to for the rest of your life, Oof. what would it be? Um, Maybe I'll give you two. Maybe I'll give you two.
1: Um, I would say probably Little Feet, uh, uh, Waiting for Columbus, which is a live record that they mm-hmm. did. Nice. Or ZZ Top, um, Rio Grande Mud, I think would be, uh, oh, there's so many, It's there's really. So many. I knew this would be those a hard question. First, those are just the first two that come to mind, but cool. I actually just got asked to do that thing on Facebook where you just like post a record a day for 10 days. And yeah, I just like, haven't done it. Cause I,
0: <laughs> well, for
1: one, I think it's kind of lame and for two, like, I don't know what I would pick, you know, I don't, I don't know.
0: Well, I, I would be... In, a lot of people are doing it and I kind of am like, okay, cool. But I would be intrigued someone like you because you are a musician. Yeah. There's a lot more thought into it than just like, oh, like for me, I'm it's just like, like I like really this song. Smart. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, so, yeah. Uh, for so, me,
1: like it's r- records, Like, like music follows me throughout my life, you know, yeah. and like it'll take me back like to a time, you know? Yeah. So it's hard to... It's hard to nail down like like I have stuff that I'm listening to right now. yeah, but like I don't know what I'm trying to say. Well, it no, would be okay. hard. It would be hard.
0: <laughs> Definitely. but bringing it back bringing it, you back to a time. So today in a meeting, we had our customers in New Orleans. and so since it was virtual, we had all these um, breaks. So we would just play like local New Orleans, mostly jazz music, like mm-hmm. artists. And then all of a sudden Lil Wayne came on the uh, <laughs> the the mix and the yeah. guy who was running it stepped away from the computer. So like we couldn't do anything about it, but uh, I will <laughs> say all of a sudden I felt like it was 2007 and it was a yeah. great time.
1: So yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah the songs myself
1: that in. remind me of like specific summers or like, um, like that, that song, buy you a drink was like,
0: Oh summer, by of, Payne? summer
1: of 2006 <laughs> or whatever that was, you know? Um, yeah. There's tons of songs like that or like songs that are even like bring me back to specific moments. Yeah. You know? um, so
0: buy you a drink every time that comes on. If you remember Stephanie show, that was like our jam when we were in high school. And so I still screenshot it to her every single uh, time. And I'm just like, Do you ever it's so see
1: that? Um, do you ever watch like NPR Tiny Desk? Have you ever seen those? Yeah, yeah.
0: I I don't watch it consistently, but if someone's on there that I know or like, I'll tune in.
1: I think it was like two years ago or around there, T-Pain did one of those. And it was amazing.
0: He can sing. Like Like, he actually Yeah, he
1: can actually sing. And it's so good. He did buy you a drink on it too. (laughs) Yeah,
0: yeah. I know what you're talking about now.
1: It was like kind of acoustic, you know, how they had it set up. I mean, they're literally just playing in an office. Yeah, yeah, yeah. um, Yeah. it was awesome. I highly recommend watching that.
0: I um I saw him open up <laughs> for Chris Brown when I was in college and uh, um,
1: you were a big, I remember you being <laughs> a big Chris Brown fan. Big Chris
0: Brown fan had to kind of let it go though when he beat Rihanna
1: yeah I, yeah,
0: I digress but he opened up for Chris Brown and he kind of went on this rant I don't know if there was something going on but T-Pain went on this giant rant of like people think I can't sing yada yada and so he just sang like his normal songs without autotune uh Almost like a gospel twist to it, yeah, um and I was stunned, like I was sitting there, just yeah. like I couldn't believe what I was watching, and it kind of gives you a whole nother level of respect to him, not that I didn't respect him, but I kind of just you know all right, autotune cool, and then he did that, and it, yeah, I was
1: the, the thing was like that with autotune, like the way he used it, he used it as like an effect you know? right right um and but a lot of people obviously it gets overused now and a lot of people use it so that it makes them sound like they can sing right you know and that's where he, that's where you go wrong you know yeah. uh, but Pain used it he was like the one of the first ones to really do that like might have been the first i don't know um and uh yeah but he used it as like a thing like that was his thing you know yeah. that's 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 how he wanted his music to sound not like oh i have a shitty voice i'm gonna You know, make it sound good by putting it through a computer. You know, (laughs) putting it through Melodyne or Auto Tune or whatever. You know, Um, but yeah, he's great. You know, T
0: Pain. (laughs) Now I'm gonna have to go watch the SNL skit of I'm on a boat with. Oh
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Watch that Tiny Desk too. It's really cool. Yeah. It's really All right.
0: cool. I'll ha- I, I remember I remember that happening, um, but I'll have to give it a look now because I'm gonna yeah. go down like a deep dark hole of T Pain songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Well, cool. I mean, I really appreciate you coming on. I've just kind of with this podcast, have been trying to get like tons of different people, and yeah. uh, you were That's one. It's really
1: the- cool. It's really cool that you're doing this, and I appreciate you having me.
0: Yeah, I appreciate you coming on. I, I know you do interviews and, and stuff like that. So, you know, this is just kind of you giving your time and I appreciate it. And um, oh, sure, yeah. I'll be definitely on the lookout for your new music. I know you have an album that you're kind of just waiting to release, but I, I definitely yeah. have liked everything so far and I've liked kind of the journey that your music has taken. I guess when I say us, the listeners on. Um, and so, you know, if, if anyone wants to continue and tune in on what Sam is up to, I'll be kind of tweeting and posting on Instagram on trailblazing texts about what he's up to as well. So between his social media, my social media, you know, you can keep up with what he's doing. And as he mentioned before, supporting artists in any shape, way or form during this crazy time. And so, um, with that, yeah, I appreciate you coming on and, um, you know, I hope to see you out on the road soon.
1: Yeah. Thanks for having me. It was really good talking to you.
0: Yeah. Likewise. All right. I'll talk to you soon.
1: All right.